Hi, I'm Christina Redko. Welcome back to Alive. During the next two episodes, our friend Bill Felker will inspire you. If you live in Southwest Ohio, like I do, you probably heard Bill weekly reflecting about nature on NPR radio. Read one of his many newspaper columns or was curious to consult Poor Will's Almanac that he publishes every year since 1984. Bill says that his daily observations of the weather and surrounding environment took him on a path of a different kind of awareness about the world. This all began in 1972 when Bill's wife gave him a barometer. Enjoy the show! Yeah, people like to know about what's going on in nature. They like to know how how I feel about it, too. Spring is here, Bill. Can you tell our listeners some of the signs? And so no matter whether it's cold or warm, the bird song accelerates. And what else? You can collect bird songs in the morning. The best way to do that is to get up before sunrise and walk, walk your dog or just wander around the neighborhood until you start hearing them and you can time them. They come in. It's fun. I did get a little anxious. How on earth I was going to recognize which birds are singing? Well, that's a little tricky, but but you could you could do one bird at a time. No, I... I, I I have a hard time getting all the bird calls straight. I once tried to learn Chinese and bird calls at the same time. I just felt so relieved when Bill explained this to me. But no, I think, you know, one bird a day, maybe you'll remember it. I think, to me anyway, it's really hard to to learn four or five bird calls. If you paid close attention to the mix of birds... I just played. You would be able to distinguish the chickadees from the wobblers. And from the blue jays. I just had to Google online. Then I learned that the Macaulay Library at the Cornell Lab of Ornithology offers a scientific archive of natural history, audio, video, and photographs. You can submit your own bird recordings to contribute to the archive. Even more fun, you can download the Merlin ID app for free to identify the birds you find in your surroundings. Merlin shares over 800 million sightings 
submitted by bird watchers from around the world. Check the show notes. Let's all become bird watchers. Equipped with lots of patience and my smartphone, I'm now learning how to record bird songs early in the morning. I was so thrilled when I discovered that you are now listening to my first recording of the Robin Chorus. Yeah, yeah, I did go online and check the sound archives of the Macaulay Library. Bill teaches us that the American Robins bring spring with them. In a few days, the Robin Chorus will begin. That is really exciting because it starts very early, um, sometimes an hour before sunrise. You got to get up early. They haven't started yet, but they're due to start any day. If you go out, you hear a sing song. Chirp, 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 chirp. It's really fun because it really is a chorus. It, it requires a certain amount of robins, and not just one robin or two like it is for cardinals. I think robins are simply promiscuous and happy and loud. You can see them running around on the streets, and they can be mating right there in the middle of the road. Robins are nomadic and very adaptable birds that tend to hang around in our neighborhoods and other human-dominated habitats across North America. They have a definite pattern. Their mating chorus, I think, is the most interesting <clears throat> sound of spring, and uh, you should be able to get that pretty well. Which other animals will bring spring? Bill might surprise you. Um, I smelled a skunk last night. The skunks come out, so that's a good sign of spring is to smell a skunk at night. They are important har harbingers of spring, a harbinger, prophet of spring. Is skunks prophets of spring? Honestly, I think we only pay attention to skunks and raccoons messing up your garbage can outside. They are more likely to wander into our backyards right now, looking for food. They are also looking for mates. Love stinks. All in the name of love. Bill explains that spring is the mating season for most wildlife. Right, it's all about mating at this time of year for everybody. Raccoons and possums and deer are all mating around this time. I mean, uh, eagles and hawks are breeding and mating. So there's lots going on, and, and you can't see them all maybe all at once. But if you keep your eye out over them over the years, you see them. All in the name of love. Now... Nearby Yellow Springs, there's a pond called Ellis Pond where hundreds and hundreds of geese gather every winter. 
And now at the end of March and, or at the end of February and early March, they begin to pair up. In this episode, we talked about some animal signs announcing spring. Bill explains that signs, or better saying, facts, may not tell the whole story. Because facts in themselves don't tell much of a story. You have to make a story out of facts. And I'm working on that because a lot of my observations are simply are facts, that the robins sang at 10 minutes to 7. What do I do with that information? I don't really know until I get enough of these. And then I find that the robins sing at 10 minutes to 7 five years in a row. And that seems to be important, right? There's a consistency in that there's a pattern and a, a life force involved here. That isn't, These things are not just random accidents. Once upon a time in a land far away. Stories, a life force. I really like this, Bill. I will add that these patterns is how we understand our living and changing world. Gregory Bateson, my favorite anthropologist and a pioneer on living systems thinking, explains that most often we think of patterns as being fixed. Music is the only exception. How much nonsense, Gregory would tell us. Patterns of life are not fixed. The way to think about a pattern is to understand the pattern which connects as a dance of interacting parts. Dances of life. We will end this episode with soundscapes from the Amazon forest. I was privileged to live in the Amazon during high school. However, this piece was created by the scientist, musician, and ecologist Bernie Krause. Bernie perceives the soundscape of the forest as a single whole, and birds as integrating the whole. Just as violins are one element of the entire orchestra. If we lose one part of the orchestra, the entire masterpiece may fall apart. Stay tuned! for the next episode when Bill and I will continue our conversation. Thank you for listening. Please check the website 
www.alivepodcast.net. This show celebrates the wonders of being alive.